Russell Crowe hates cigarettes, Freddy Krueger haunts the opera, and the Coen brothers get serious. Man, this week on 30 2010. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly look back 30, 20, and 10 years back in time. Our little pop culture time machine. I hope you're enjo- you've enjoyed your Halloween, or what's left of it, uh, when this episode goes live, because there is nothing spooky about any of this stuff in this. <laughs> it all... Well, I mean, you well, know, the tobacco industry like is Like real world scary. scary. I said spooky. That's different. There's nothing spooky about t- big tobacco. I mean, the phantom... <laughs> kills people with a giant chandelier. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about this week, even though it doesn't include Halloween stuff. But if you're still in the mood, we are uh, halfway done, over halfway done, with Elm Street Nightmare Season 3, all about Chucky. We're in the Bride and Seed uh, area, and then going to the straight horror stuff. It's so much fun. Uh, And also, in the can, probably live by the time you hear this, is 302010's first exclusive bonus video game specific episode it ran pretty significantly long it was so much fun and i really think we might have scooped a thing or two because matt i remembered michael and i worked in the industry and were able to talk more in depth about the these games but matt worked in the industry so had stories about some of these games making them that i'd never heard before So we're gonna from here on out we're gonna go over the games a little lighter than usual. And mm-hmm. if you want more, there's right now there's a 90 minute episode, patreon.com slash laser time, featuring the Video Game Apocalypse Boys, um, Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Raparez, uh, and Matt Allen. Patreon.com slash laser time, price of a cup of coffee, five bucks, get you all these free podcasts, over hundred full length movie commentaries, exclusive series, and more. Jesus Christ, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Welcome to 302010. Who else is with me? The Diana Goodman that stares at goats. <laughs> It's me, Sarah, the angel of music. I'm so excited. I I thought you were struggling for something, and it turns out we were both right. Uh, Oh, that was a struggle. Don't worry. Uh, It's very struggle-filled. Yes, there's a lot of fun. I'd say pretty memorable movies, like a lot of... uh, a lot of odd itches uh, has scratched by looking at the movies yeah. this week. Yeah, for real. I think we're this is this is a, a table setting episode, as it were. This we, we're starting mm. the ramp up yes. to the end of the year. We're starting to get some of the prestige things dripping out, and some mm-hmm. of the award bait stuff. And then by the time we hit Thanksgiving, it's every episode's going to be five hours. There's a lot. So much. I think I don't know if we put a limit on how long I can talk about fucking uh it's christmas charlie brown a charlie brown christmas every single year when it comes on television right. mm-hmm. but uh and I, I, as like i should uh i should remind everyone that when it comes to the end of the year we're going to do the wide release dates not the official dates because otherwise everything coming out on on december 25th and right. sometimes it's like four theaters so it qualifies for the oscars and then it actually opens wide in january when we normally would have nothing to talk about That's so Deal with it, because yeah, we don't need six-hour episodes. Okay, we did forty-five minutes on Fight Club. Ooh. Oh yeah, I mean it was definitely worth it, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I thought we did a good job. 
I can tease that. It's the 10th anniversary of one of my favorite modern specials, if that's possible. Christmas specials. Don't let me ah. that in early December. Okay. Uh, and, and, but welcome to 302010 once again, where each week we look into uh, through the decades, 30, 20, and 10 years ago, of course, from where we're recording right now. That would be 1989, 1999, and 2009. And we will be discussing November 1st through the 7th throughout all three of those decades. So let's begin as we always do in 1989. Look Who's Talking is still number one at the U.S. box office. Uh, yeah, so that's, what, about a month? I think it's been a about month. a month. Yeah. yeah. That is a month. Yeah. I, I didn't even know there was a sequel to this movie. Uh, and mm. from what, is that possible at the end? I can't remember. He's not really dead. Okay. Uh, John Ooh, Locke, spooky. Terry O'Quinn is back with Meg Foster and the stepfather, too. Yikes. Carol, what exactly do you know about Gene? Did I love him? Make room for daddy. How do I know he won't come back again? I want you gone! I don't think he'll come back this time. We're pouring our hearts out some guy who no one knows Italy about. Come on, Maddie. You don't even know if he's a real shrimp. You're nothing! Who the hell are you? Would you let me tell her? What are you going to tell her? More lies? Carol, I have a confession to make. God, I love John Locke. Met that guy in Chicago. Really nice guy. He is pretty great. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Stepfather 2, sometimes called Stepfather 2, colon, make room for daddy. Ugh. <laughs> it's so unnecessary. The first Stepfather is a really good, tight thriller B movie, mm-hmm. and Terry O'Quinn is chewing that scenery, and it's perfect. It's exactly. And the what Stepfather you think it two. Mm-hmm. It turns out he's not really dead, like he was supposed to be at the end of the Stepfather, <laughs> and now he's uh, stolen another identity, and he's acting as a therapist and using that to manipulate a woman into marrying him. And then mm. once he gets married, he becomes the best family man ever. <laughs> Ooh. Really he's, just terrifies everybody and is crazy. That's not, his whole thing. He's fucking crazy. He's not really dead. And he's not really dad. <laughs> Stepfather too. <laughs> Stepfather too. <laughs> Neither dead nor dead. Better title. And, and holy yeah, shit. So skip. No one, no one really has anything nice to say about this one, but the original Stepfather, I do really like. Wait, is Molly Shannon really in the next movie? What? I had to double check. Yes. Wow. Baby Molly Shannon. Really? Is Superstar. in the next movie, which I tried to find Me to too. watch because I was so curious. Is it difficult? Not finding it. Cannot no. find it. I have to imagine the music rights make it a little tough because it's. Well, it's not a musical. No. no. What? Okay, now I'm no. What is the point? Uh, of... The point is the musical is popular and we can trick people into seeing a movie of Phantom of the Opera. Ugh. With I love Freddy Krueger as the Phantom. I mean, that's makes yep. sense. What the fuck? And Billy Nye before I ever knew who he was. Yeah, this before is... he was the science guy. <laughs> um, and Stephen Lawrence and Terrence Harvey and Alex Hyde. A bunch of other people I don't know. Uh, Phantom of the Opera, 1989 version. Never heard of this. Robert Englund was Freddy. Now he is the Phantom. <laughs> the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> and all new nightmare at its slashing best you just die phantom of the opera the motion picture rated r this looks cheap even for oh, exactly what it is so bad good lord yeah. that hurts my interest feelings. fallen I yep. love the Phantom of the Opera. I've mm-hmm. been obsessed with it since I was in first grade when my aunt the bought musical, me the musical. The musical, the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the musical, the Andrew Lloyd Webber uh-huh. musical, and then... Phantom of the Paradise, on and that. 
Uh, I will watch the Phantom of the Paradise eight more times than I will watch Phantom <laughs> yes. of the Opera. Any version. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You should look that one up, Sarah. Sarah's yeah, confused. Phantom of the Paradise is the fucking disco coke-fueled 70s Ooh. remake. It is wonderful. <laughs> All right, count me in. It is wonderful. It's got Paul Williams so in there. Yeah. Uh, and this is the movie I saw this week, the next one. Uh, okay. Because uh, you take my favorite char- characters from Night Courts and Perfect Strangers and throw them in the same movie... Count me the fuck in. Hmm. I remember, like, why don't I like this that much? <laughs> and so, I've, so I've never revisited <laughs> oh, it. it's not good. It's probably not very good. But I was very, very excited for Bess Armstrong, Stuart Pinkett, but mainly Bronson Pinchot, Balky, and John Larroquette. Uh, I forget his name in the show. Was it just John? Second Dan Sight. Says <laughs> Dan, yes. Second Sight. John Larroquette, an old-fashioned investigator. We're detectives. We'll detect. Bronson Pinchot, a new-age psychic. Your, um, blood pressure is way up. And your sperm count is way down. The Second Sight Detective Agency has everything it needs to fight crime. Bobby is a power psychic. A what? He reads minds. He's clairvoyant. The thief is in this room. Telepathic. She's not pregnant. And psychokinetic. Your back hurts, so his back hurts. Yeah, it's, it, 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 I thought this had all these the kid-friendly ingredients, like Balky yeah. playing another wacky-ass character, but it's like, mm-hmm. I think it was pretty adult, mm. and it's kind of, I don't know, hinted that he's... Not doesn't really have any of these powers or something like that. Hmm. I forget. I forget. I was very disappointed as a little kid. It's mm. a good concept. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of a supernatural. Yeah, especially when it's like, detective. yeah, fuck off. He's he's psychic mm-hmm. and he can yeah. and he can teleport for some reason. He's basically Dracula without the need for that. <laughs> uh, mm. I feel like that causes problems. It's like overpowering a character. It's like mm. it can just do anything. So what are the stakes? Right. That makes sense. He can just someone shoots at him and he just disappears. So I'm like, oh. But he's silly well, that and goofy. Scary. So yeah. who's gonna believe him? And there's a scene on, the, on a tarmac at the end. I can't. I can barely remember this. This is like one uh, of those little kid memories that you yeah. have, where it's like, this is what this is. I like? just felt. I feel bad. Like, like I remember it was one of the first times. Like, sorry, I made you come to this, mom, dad. That was not what I wanted either. <laughs> uh, and and the other movie I'll I'll let Diana talk about because I have not seen it either. But uh, I know my dad loves it. Mm. Uh, Martin, yep. Martin Landau, Woody Allen. So you know where this is going. Uh, Mia Farrow, Angelica Houston, Alan Olda, and Jerry Orbach. Uh, crimes and misdemeanors. The woman won't listen to reason, then you go on to the next step. What, threats? Violence? What are we talking about here? She can be gotten rid of. I mean, I know a lot of people. Money will buy whatever's necessary. I'm not even going to comment on that. That's mind-boggling. Listen, marry me. I'm serious. I'm, that's the only thing that will satisfy me. Marry me. I'm crazy about you. You're single. You know, my marriage is not going to last. i got to talk to you. All right. Jesus Christ. Do we know where this is going? I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. I, I, maybe I have seen this. I can't even remember. It's indistinguishable. It is. Um, Except for well, a murder happens in this one. Well, there's, yeah, I mean, there's two plots going on. There's the Woody Allen plot, which is about him as a documentary filmmaker, making a movie with Alan Alda, and Mia Farrow is his assistant, sister-in-law, something, and say he falls for Mia Farrow, and there's, you know, a couple, like, romantic triangles where everyone's being neurotic at each other. Mm -hmm. There you go. (laughs) And then the second plot, I kind of wish was the whole movie. Mm -hmm. I really wish that... This is a Woody Allen movie I don't want Woody Allen in because the second plot with Martin Landau is cheating on his wife with Angelica Houston and she's getting more clingy and demanding he leave his wife and starts blackmailing him and he goes to his brother Jerry Orbach to take a hit out on her. And then it's about 
his sort of guilt but relief but how he feels about this and the morality of it all Mm. that is really good and in a lot of ways parts of that there's some scenes with him talking to a rabbi played by sam waterston that remind me of a movie we're going to talk about by the coen brothers at the end of this show yeah so i know a lot of people they woody allen is canceled and they don't want to deal with deal with it if you want to fast forward through it and and watch a crimes and like i watched and julia yeah go for it that's a good the way woody to allen parts they're they're funny they're cute but uh-huh. just the martin landau storyline is so good and he is so good in it yep. and jerry orbach's great in it mm-hmm. i love him too i love jerry orbach yeah i mean the woody allen parts of it too are especially um gross considering part of his storyline is that he's very very close to his niece who's like what 12 in the movie and he's like going to movies with her all the time and ugh. and then also there's another part yeah she th- just his parts are ugh, not great especially yeah. now knowing what we know yeah so it's it's tough too because like woody allen's made pretty much a movie a year for 50 years and i'd probably put this one in the top 10 right mm-hmm. i think a lot of critics say this is one of his best mm-hmm. because it does have these two self-contained plots that do have some overlapping and one is pretty much straight comedy and one is dramatic but like thoughtful dramatic and so yeah depending on your tolerance for woody allen i absolutely recommend this one all right the tone switch and if you though, just can't with woody allen that's fine yeah i mean the tonal switches between the two kind of gave me a little whiplash too like i'm in mm. i'm in funny woody allen land and then <laughs> now this lady is getting murdered and then, is this supposed to be funny? Yeah, it was just the switching mm. back and forth is. Hmm. Well, but, but I also love Joanna Gleason, who plays Woody Allen's wife in this too. She's awesome. Oh yeah, I love her in everything. So, I to think where I know her best from, and I'm coming up blank. She's just in a bunch of stuff, and every she's time she just comes around up, a lot. Yeah, yeah. I really like her. Well, if I'm in, if I if I may steer it to something that I <laughs> have very yeah. strong opinions oh, on. Oh, go for it! Uh, okay. In television of 1989, uh, it's this this thing that uh, uh, I missed. Um, <laughs> and just, I, I wish I could tell you how infuriating that is. That was in 1989. Uh, that mm-hmm. I was obsessed with the comic strips, and I saw one promo. That Blondie and Dagwood and Hagar the Horrible were going to get specials on TV because basically everyone got a holiday special that was a backdoor pilot. Mm. If you were a comic strip back in the day, everybody got one or three. It's fucking crazy. Like Mm -hmm. every single comic strip got one. And I was obsessed with the comics. It was just like a thing delivered, just felt like it was delivered daily for me. Diana, were you on that episode we talked about comic strips? Oh, yeah. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. We did a laser time all about the comics. And I played some clips from these because I think Peter Cullen fucking Optimus Prime is Hagar the Horrible. Mm-hmm. But I saw it advertised once on TV. I'm like, when is it on? And I like waited around to watch on TV. When is this on? And I didn't see it. I'm like, I'm sure they'll inform me. And I couldn't find it at the TV guide. And then it just aired. And I didn't see it until YouTube was invented. Yeah. It's and all it on was, YouTube. Was, both of them. It was fucking – not only that, like I love it when we can tell you where a movie is. And I just Googled it. And like the third link is like free download on the Internet Archive. Uh, for Blondie and Dagwood second wedding workout. I don't know anything about else about it other than that, but in the Laser Time episode, you can hear... I, wa- I thought it'd be fun to play what the creators thought these characters would sound like, because mm-hmm. like, I blanked all this out. Well, mm. they thought Blondie was supposed to sound like Bonnie Anderson. 
Really? That's who's the voice of Blondie. Holy Lord. And this is 89? Huh. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That but, checks out. Yeah, I watched a little bit of both of the specials just to kind of get a feel for them. And yeah, it's basically the strip come to life. Mm-hmm. And the the drawings part of it. What? The drawings part of it? <laughs> what am I trying to say? <laughs> the animation? The, the animation. Thank you. Looks... Exactly like the comic book Hooray! or the comic strip. It's, it's it's pretty easy to do. Weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of I don't know uncanny to see them move. Yeah, no. I think I I tried to tell people that there's there's some promos you can find online for a Charlie Brown Christmas, which you remember is like the second Christmas special and the first time like comic characters had been animated. How mm-hmm. that had to blow people's mind that like after ten years of loving this thing, we can see it move. Right. It's gotta be nuts. Yeah. And it hadn't really happened. It hadn't happened with Hagar. It might have happened previously with Blondie. I think Blondie had a previous Blondie special. had live action movies yes. in right. the forties. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like a yeah. whole series of them. And yeah. I, I, it's always weird when I'd see them like pop up on uh oh back in the day it was AMC when it was American movie classics. And I'd be like, wait what blondie oh but that's like a generic name and it's like oh there's dagwood and he's making a sandwich what the hell i remember being shocked when my parents like you what are you reading blondie for i'm reading dagwood and he hit the mailman and like no it's called blondie and like my entire life i have never seen this woman in this comic Mm -hmm. and she she still is rarely in the comic at all i'm sure that's that's a changeover Whatever, I'm sure it's there's no greater instance of nepotism than in the business of comic strips. Mm-hmm. Like every single one of those is written by the children or grandchildren of the creator. Yeah, I mean, I was yep. obsessed with them growing up too, and oh I cannot God. tell you <laughs> the disappointment I felt when I went to Islands of Adventure and the Dagwood <sighs> sandwich shop. Oh no, does not give you the sandwich that you want. Let oh. me just put it that way. <laughs> I, every time I see those giant sandwiches he made, I was like, oh, I want that. <laughs> that looks too. delicious. I love a sandwich. It's like a whole tomato yeah. like on that sandwich. <laughs> uh, Is and- that a ham with a bone in it? And also on, on uh, the 12th of uh, November, TV 1999. Oh, 2nd of November. 2nd of November. Yeah. My bad. Bleeding humbers together. So many podcasts. Uh, Black Adder goes forth. Uh, it's the finale. Mm. Uh, show I've never uh, seen. Yeah, what is Black Adder? What? Mm-hmm. I don't know uh, this. I love Black Adder. Oh, my God. When I first finally got uh, BBC America, mm-hmm. and they would have to fill time, so they just do Black Adder marathons. I got tapes full of them still, 20 mm-hmm. years ago. So Black Adder is a series of short shows that are only vaguely related to each other there's four of them right they're all every season is different hmm. every season is a different time period mm-hmm. uh all starring rowan atkinson as black adder who always has a cunning plan mm-hmm. um who is venal and terrible and backstabby and uh always fails just absolutely horribly mm-hmm. and so it's the final season black adder goes forth it is world war one and it's really funny. I mean, the whole series is ridiculously funny, and it always blows my mind that Rowan Atkinson, so many people know him as Mr. Bean, yeah, where right. he doesn't talk at all, and Blackadder has this really fast, dense, funny fucking dialogue. Huh. Hey, man. Don't forget that dude Zazu in Lion King. He can, <laughs> he's, he can talk. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. He goes for it. So, so silly. Except for the finale of Blackadder Goes Forth, where they have to go... Uh, over the top into no man's land and it's world war one and uh it's really tragic and 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 heartfelt and they all presumably die horribly (laughs) yikes i think i did know yeah 
Uh, yeah. Although the story of it, it's like you watch it and it's like very moving as they're like, okay, we're going out. And they start running in slow-mo towards the camera. And apparently that wasn't planned. It was just supposed to be them running. And when they watched it at regular speed, it looked too silly. And But if you make anything slow-mo, it becomes sad. True. And they learn that. And it's, just, yeah, it's oddly moving testament to world war one sacrifice in the end yeah. but oh my god no you should totally watch all of black adder wait um, so i would say season three and four are the better ones but what is his, so good he's just a character does he have like an occupation or something that or is I he mean, just it, like it changes go, like okay. usually he's yeah. you know uh, a nobleman's fail son uh in this you know he's in the military <laughs> Uh, he's, you know, uh, distantly, or he's a courtier to Queen Elizabeth. There's, you know, just they're all in different time periods. I gotcha. Okay. For for a whole season. And then the next season is moves forward in time. And then, yeah, this is it for Blackadder, except for like a couple specials here and there. Hmm. There's Christmas special is fantastic. It's a Scrooge type thing hmm. um, where he doesn't learn a lesson hmm. and okay. also insults Queen Victoria and throws her out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's bring people back do. to America. And the shit we were watching, which wow, fucking watch Blackadder, yo, pretty pretty horrible by comparison. Full House, yeah. <laughs> the episode yeah. Star, Star Search, Search. Yeah. is this going where I think it's going? Yeah, Uncle Joey goes on Star Search. Oh, just alone or with the Rippers? <laughs> just alone. Yeah, Joey, the comedian. Oh, Joey, Joey. sorry, yeah. yes, Joey mm-hmm. Gladstone, mm-hmm. Um, and does his unique brand of stand-up comedy. Was it with the Beaver? Uh, no, it Popeye was impression? just huge. Yes, Popeye impression, definitely. (laughs) And, you know, I actually watched his, like, set that he does for Star Search. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's got Ed McMahon, so it's a real crossover event. Yes. Um, And it's not bad. Like, his stand-up, where it's just, like, straight jokes, is really not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I'm going to be totally honest. Do we have a clip of that? Uh, We do have a little. Well, so he gets perfect score on Star Search. um, I don't know how Star Search works. (laughs) I don't really know either. But And then I guess he's up against another comedian who also gets a perfect score and then the audience has to weigh in and so he loses to the other comedian and the idea is that he had put sort of a deadline on his own success like if i'm not at this certain level by Mm. this age then i'm going to just quit stand-up comedy and so you know it's a real learning moment uh that He's got into stand-up comedy to make people laugh, damn it. Mm-hmm. Not to just get on Johnny Carson. Um, so at the end here, I pulled a little Aww. clip of him kind of speaking to the empty auditorium about his blah, 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 blah. <laughs> been a great 10 years. Ah, oh, but what have I got to show for it? <laughs> I do do the best prop buy in the business. Cut, 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 cut. <laughs> I do love that sound. Michelle, I have been on so many stages and told so many jokes. But you know, I never get tired of hearing people laugh. So why am I walking away? I don't know. Yeah, me either. I did have that deadline. Oh, but let's face it. I've never been on time for anything in my entire life, so why start now? Right, Joey. Yeah. Oh, I'm that getting music, the feels. I know. I know. It's, uh, it's, uh, music should be illegal. I know. I can't What's, believe it still works for me. I, what is Dave Coulier up to these days? I'm, I don't know, I'm man. curious. I did. I think I heard him on a probably, podcast. Probably signing copies of Jagged Little Pill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this man Comic-Con's pushed Elias Morissette into becoming a multi-megastar, basically. It's kind of insane. 
when you think about it. <laughs> and then, oh my god, I really thought this was this read on the fourth Kojak Arena. But it's Ar- <laughs> Ariana Telly Savalas is back, baby. A character show I don't remember at all, but have well, still fun. Yeah, because it's fun. from the seventies. Yeah. yeah. But it's such a huge part of like American pop culture. Right, like I know about it, right. and, like, and I know yeah, who Kojak looks like. Without ever seeing a minute of yeah, the I don't think I've seen an entire episode. Program. Yeah, um, but yes, Kojak Ariana. It's a TV movie, and they did a couple of these. You know, this isn't the first like '70s television show that came back and had TV no, movies no, throughout no. the '80s. That was a real no. thing for a while. TV movies were like the Netflix. Uh, of, of back then, yeah, where Netflix will buy a show and resurrect it and mm. make it happen again. TV I movies gotcha, would do I that. Gotcha. Yeah, so in this one, uh, Hector Elizondo plays a drug lord oh. who uses, oh, no. puts a little, I think, kidnaps a Greek young girl in order to trap Telly Savalas because Ooh. he's really into that, but really into saving people. <laughs> <laughs> and and Greek people specifically, Does I think. He have hair? Yeah. No. Okay. And but he's got a new brash young partner played by Andre Brower. Oh. Yeah. Hey. I was like Holt. Uh, that guy. Captain Holt. That guy Captain has Holt. been a cop forever. <laughs> he really has. <laughs> like. Okay, I guess that's just what he does now. <laughs> and uh, on the sixth, another CBS TV movie, when he's not a stranger, starring Annabeth Gish and John. Terleski. I do love Annabeth uh, uh, Gish wait. so much. Can I can I guess? I was gonna is, say, who is, wants to guess? Is this about sexual assault? It is. Aha! It's oh. a date rape movie. It is. Damn it, it's not an amnesia movie? No. Nope. With date rape? Well no. <laughs> um wait till next week. I'm sure that movie will happen. <laughs> yeah, this one tackles the acquaintance rape situation. Actually, the rapist is like a boyfriend of her best friend, and yet he rapes her. And, you know, it's like oh. t- tackling the idea of rape. It's not just someone hiding in the bushes and jumping out at you when you're walking home by yourself. Oh, rape! Ah! Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Still Halloween over here. Sounds very jolly. Uh, I'm <laughs> trying. I just can't imagine this subject matter on CBS in primetime. Yeah. But maybe yeah. there were less rapes then. I don't know. Mm, I, no. I can't imagine. amount of rapes. I don't think those go up or down too much. Uh, no. but. Well, uh, Jesus, how do I move out of this? Uh, speaking of rape, it's a great time to say there's no games to talk about. Yeah. Um, that's a bad segue. Everybody's <laughs> out doing their raping. I wasn't Nobody try- can play their games. It was an intentionally bad segue meant to have no meaning, and I right. apologize profusely if it might have. But <laughs> Well, I mean, the last thing you want to do is go from talking about a rape TV movie to the first new release of this Ooh, week. Uh, music release? Uh. You're talking about White Snake's slip of the tongue? Yeah. All right. Uh, Journeyman by Eric Clapton. Nothing rapey there. Boomerang uh, by The Creatures is out this week in terms of music. No Control by Bad Religion. And All Hail a Queen, the debut of Queen Latifah, whose name, real name, oh. I don't know. I have no idea what her real Dana. name is. Is it Dana? It's Dana something. Oh, it's so boring. Yeah, it's like she doesn't really look like a Dana. Dana Latifah? That's probably not even. That's probably not that either. Actually, Dana, Dana Owens. Dana Owens. Dana Elaine Owens. That's Elaine. such a boring name. Wow. I would not say Elaine as a potential option. Nope. Yep, you can't can't have that name in Wear Daishiki. It's true. Uh, 
But we'll close out with Listen to Your Heart by uh, Roxette. It is number one this week. And, man, this music is symbolic of, like, the time I got a radio. Because, like, Roxette was all over the place <laughs> and is the most 90s music I can think of. Uh, oh, yeah. Because here it comes. We have very, very... We, we should say that. We have very, very little of the 80s left oh, yes. uh, to cover. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that. Do we have to change our theme song come December? Uh, because it says we're going to the 80s and the 90s oh, and 2000s. Shit. I really don't want, of all the things I don't want to pay for, that is number four right now in terms of the things involving this network. Um, shit. But uh, Hot Dad's a good guy. You should always check him out. Check out his mm-hmm. YouTube channel. He, he's probably receptive. Uh, great musician. Anyway, let's close it out with some rock set, and we'll see you once again in 1999. Stay right there, everyone. Listen to your Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. It's a Sunday, and so I'm like, hey, tomorrow, me and a bunch of my friends are going to go up to a bar who's doing an outdoor screening of Princess Bride, and you should come. And she's like, yeah, I'll do that. And I'm like, as this, you wish. this is going to be great. Yes, as you wish. Because I keep, I always say that Princess Bride, to me, is one of the most perfect films ever made. True. It is thoroughly mm-hmm. enjoyable. Anytime you think it's getting cheesy or weird, Fred Savage, like, this is weird. Like, he, mm-hmm. your commentary is ruined because mm-hmm. it's just made by the movie. It's awesome. Sarah was supposed to go with me. It's true. Did you? No. Mm-hmm. She sold me out. I sat in a depression hole instead. Oh, it, it wasn't just you. <laughs> were, were you belayed by the Dread Pirate Roberts, Sarah? I was. That's the only yeah. excuse not to Let's see Let's put it that. So at the time <laughs> I asked this girl time. to go to this thing okay. with me, Sarah, one of my best friends, is going. My sister is going. Ah. My dad might be going. A bunch of my friends exactly are going. Exactly what you want on a second date. Right. Like, here. Yeah. Your platonic female best friend. Yes. Your dad yeah. and your sister. That's the and, perfect recipe for and, a second and, date. This, yeah. this movie starts at eight. It's like five and Sarah bails on me. And then after that, my date from the previous night's like, I have other plans. I, I, I can't make Rude. It. And I'm like, fuck, oh, yeah. all right. And then I, I talked to my sister, like, no call, no show. Didn't show up, didn't answer any of my, my messages. I and mean, at least I texted you and it's that. Like, and it's like, yeah, it's for, well, it was one of the biggest turnouts I've ever seen. I'm not surprised. I figured that would be and the case. you fucking, you fucking bitches. <laughs> Left me there alone and creepy at a table by myself. Are you using this chair? I guess not. I like. I'm just taking up a whole table myself as a fucking forty year old man. No one showed up. Date bailed no, on do me. You want to sit down? No, it's okay. Okay. No, no, Sorry to bother you. The more the merrier, as you'd like. <laughs> Get bonus time. A weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on Patreon.com/slash/LaserTime.
Coming in with uh, Learn to Fly by the Foo Fighters off of There's Nothing Left to Lose, uh, an album from 1999. Hi. Uh, man, this song. It was everywhere. Song. I, I filed it in with, I'm just saying, All Star and Smooth as something like, this, is, this was fine, but you have ruined it. And I've, unlike those other two songs, I have sort of come around. I do not hate to hear this mm. song anymore. Yeah. But I could not stand yeah. it for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I prefer up-tempo Foo Fighters numbers anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm, Foo Fighters is one of those bands where I'm like, they're fine. I like all of their singles quite a bit. And then anytime I dig deeper past that, I'm like, I'm good. I don't need it's, it's the very, rest of it's this. It's very, very strange to think of like how much longer and more work Dave Grohl has put in that into Nirvana. And I still associate, oh, that's the yeah. guy from Nirvana. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Uh, what? Oh, I'm, I'm sure there are probably more people now who just associate him with Foo Fighters. I, I think that's no idea. sort of nuts. And I yeah. think it's a generational yeah. difference. Oh, yeah. They didn't have to have to like have Nirvana beat into them or, at a very impressionable time. Or associate him with popping up, doing little funny things here and there, like right. cameos and stuff. Because he's like one of those rock stars who thinks he's very funny. But, ooh, yeah. is this a I Dave Grohl slam? That's a that is a hot take. Oh. No, I, <laughs> Everyone I, I, loves Dave Grohl. Is it that hot? I love him. I saw him live, and he's just yeah. affable. Walked like just had a wireless mic and guitar, and just spent most of the time in the crowd itself, hmm. like just hanging right. out. Oh with yeah, people. I'm not super mad Thank at it. You. It's just when people, I don't know. I remember hearing uh, someone say that all rock stars really just want to be comedians, and all comedians really just want to be rock stars. But he is mm-hmm. really funny. I think so. Okay. And, and, and this, this, okay. this video has Jack Black in it because he would go yeah. on to produce Tenacious D's album sure. and play Satan in the yeah. tribute video. Yeah. Um, and I, I think he's he's done a couple of things with Tenacious D, and it's always funny to me. Okay. God damn it, Sarah. <laughs> but uh, back in the day, though, I remember because, you know, I'm, I'm Jen X, I come out of grunge. Mm-hmm. And so many people that were like, I can't believe you'd go from Nirvana to this poppy bullshit. Oh, like, boy. Shut up. Yeah, Calm what are you down. talking about? You're talking about Big Me. Like, there's nothing that poppy about, like, Monkey Wrench. And Everlong's just, like, I think one of the Ooh, greatest songs of, like, a decade. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's a so great yeah. song. And it's also... Like, don't, yeah, don't be a snob about genres, okay? When he went... When he joined the Foo Fighters or formed the Foo mm-hmm. Fighters, that did not mean that you can't listen to Nirvana anymore. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know yeah. this. But when someone does another thing that you don't like, you can still listen to their old thing that they did do. Yeah, you did and it's like. not like Nirvana was still going for a really obvious reason. And it's not like he had a lot of input into what Nirvana did. And like the, yeah. the, then he had the ultimate input into the Foo Fighters. So I think the first album, he's just playing all his own shit. This is the most I've ever talked about music on the show yeah. for a band. <laughs> uh, new release is also out November 1st of the 7th, 1999. We got Love This City by the, uh, the Whitlams. Am I saying that right? Uh, of Someday Shambles by Jebediah. Paul McCartney's working classical uh, Westlife self-titled debut. Wonderful by Madness. The Battle of Los Angeles by Rage Against the Machines. Lil Wayne's debut. Uh, the the block is hot. Uh, Dirty yeah. Harriet by Ra Digga. Love in the Russian Winter by Simply Red. Simply Red. Uh, Sporty Spice. Mel C. Solo debut. Northern Star. Through Being Cool by Saves the Day. <laughs> I love Saves the Day. <laughs> uh, Rainbow by Mariah Carey, and which will spawn a bunch of hits that we'll get to. Oh, my God, yes. And uh, The Desert yep. Life by The Counting Crows. And, of course, Jules' Christmas album, <sighs> Smooth by uh, Rob Santana, is still number one. Uh, and, <laughs> And I, yep. I don't. And know- while I work on the notes, I just copy and paste that about a dozen mm-hmm. times. So I don't know. Get used to it. I have a bunch of like punk rock friends, and Saves the Day came out, and they were kind of the embodiment of like 
pipsqueak emo. Yeah, yeah, and, I was and, super into that. I didn't. I, no, I, I had. I think it I had this. Is this, this is, is this the album where they're like sitting around looking twee on couches at a party and not talking to anyone? Probably. And there's like a series yeah. of them. Yeah. So my friends parodied that on their album. And then in like, but it was something they would only show. You'd have to like go to their friends. You have to go to a friend's house to see it. They shot a parody of it that's like shot for shot, sitting on a couch like every band member. But then it all ends with their dicks in their mouths, like dressed like safes. The dick. <laughs> so that's why I laughed. That's <laughs> whose dick in their mouth? All of their like limp, hilarious dicks. Like they all put their dicks in each other's mouths at the end. It saves the day. That's how they put <laughs> each other's dicks yes. in each other's mouths. Yes. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Not, not their own dicks in. Not their sexually because they're all like like throwing up like jazz hands like while they're doing it, and it's nobody's hard. But <laughs> okay, it's uh... sorry. That's why I laugh when I think it saves the day. Because like, guys, <laughs> that was funny. No, it's still funny. Actually, it's still good. I like it. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway, anyway, I don't even remember what the names of those people. Uh, uh, so don't ask. And uh, on News nineteen ninety nine, Australia votes to not become a republic. <laughs> we won't be doing that. <laughs> nope. <laughs> We love the queen. <laughs> uh, oh, I just love yeah. it. I love a funny voice. Even though, because of the, the system of Commonwealth government, mm. the queen can disband the entire government of Australia without consulting anyone. What? Yeah. But yeah, basically. Somebody... It's actually, no, it's not even the queen. It's her representative. It's some guy Ugh. that nobody voted for. And they've done that, like, in modern history of just, like, no, fuck all y'all. Everyone go home. He doesn't even have royal blood. No, he's <laughs> some guy. No. Just some Which guy. Which sounds like the best job. I want that job so bad. I will give up my American citizenship, become a subject of Her Majesty, just so I can be governor general of some country. <laughs> so I can just be like, hey, you have, I don't want Diet Coke. I want regular yeah. Coke. Oh, we don't have any. Canada's no more. Game of Thrones is renewed. <laughs> uh, and also, I'm calling for elections if I don't get my grilled cheese right fucking now. And mm. Also, in the news, Todd Bridges uh, of Willis of Willis talking about fame uh, from different yeah. strokes is acquitted of murder this week, oh. having I yes. believe killed a, a drug dealer. Um, he, he tried to, but oh, he might okay. not have been there. Mm. I, His I lawyer was Johnny Cochran. Figure it out yourself. Uh, yeah. I see. Sounds guilty to me. Uh, uh, Tom uh, Tom Clancy's Clear and Present Danger is num- the number one bestselling. Oh, uh, everybody's dad's favorite book. I am just yeah. pointing it out because, like, I don't like the movie will be out in just seeing the the page to screen transition time for a Tom Clancy movie. Yeah. It, it it didn't seem like it should be this long, but I guess it was based on Harrison Ford's. I thought willingness. it was older, to be honest. I thought yep. this book yeah. was older. Yeah. Uh, I just imagine they have to rush them to the screen because it's all based on like. Regi- like current regimes and administrations. Was this one about Ireland? No, uh, no. Patriot Games. Patriot Games. That's the one. This is no, the one confused. where that Columbia? got Columbia. Yes, Columbia, yes, right. and then a Humvee gets exploded in yes. a rocket by a rocket launcher, and yep. that's all I yeah. remember. I definitely remember. And that. Harrison Ford points at somebody. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. And, uh, uh, also out this week is this? Is this the? East, oh, I don't, East is East. That's that's a movie that's out with Linda Bassett and uh, um, Puri. Is that her? Mm-hmm. Hmm, I feel like some cologne it's, I bought it's at the an Gap. Adap- it's, it's a British film. It's an adaptation of a stage play. And it's about like growing up in this Pakistani family in the 70s in England. And 
it's pretty good, but it has like the biggest whiplash of tone in any movie ever. There are some really, really wacky goings on, and there's also like horrible spouse abuse. Oh, no. And Umper is a really good actor. He passed away a couple of years ago, and he was sort of like the fourth guy if you needed someone Indian or Pakistani in a movie. Mm. He would just sort of be there. And uh, yeah, it's good, but all the advertisements were like, it's wacky goings on, and he's got a traditional home, but he likes to go to the discotheque. And then I watch it, and it's like, oh, God, no, they're wife beating, and Jesus Christ, they don't have plumbing? Oh, my God. And then something wackety schmackety. I'm like, why? <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. And and is it might I got excited. Is this the are we seeing the debut of Christopher Nolan this week? We are. Oh wow. Uh, this is yeah. This is the Christopher Nolan movie. Most of you probably haven't seen his. Yeah. Uh, he made. Uh, I think he co-wrote it with his brother, like he does with most of his movies. Lucy Russell, Jeremy Theobald, following the movie about a guy who likes to follow people. You followed women. I followed anybody. I just wanted to see where they went, what they did. It was supposed to just be completely random. You'd never follow the same person twice. That was the most important one. That was the one that I broke first. That's when the trouble started. I have not seen this in wow. such a long time. I couldn't really tell you what it was about. Mm. But like yeah. the, the evidence of him is like as a great film director because it's like it's black and white. Mm -hmm. It's super super low budget, but it's incredibly it's compelling. sixteen millimeter. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's not even white screen. It's black and white mm -hmm. uh, about a guy who just follows people to see about their lives. And then uh, he ends up with a thief, I think. I have not seen this, but it's one of those movies that comes up. It's like, if you want to make a movie, you have the reason to fucking make the movie. Okay, yeah. he made this movie. He's showing that he has some legitimate talent. It costs six grand. Wow. wow. Yeah. And that's, I guarantee that was all just processing that 16 millimeter film. I'm yeah. sure nobody got paid. I'm sure there was no permits acquired. No uh, permits. They're just shooting li live on the street and, and, and not getting releases out of anybody. But yeah, six grand. And it has a Criterion edition. Yeah. And it, it, I swear it's not fucking bad either. And it's, uh, and he, he would get the money to make Memento. And then, yeah. And then from there, yeah. the rest is history. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. I do. I thoroughly recommend it, though, for Nolan Completists, for real. I know uh, I'm, <laughs> most men, I guess I'm talking to, and most men that I know love Christopher Nolan. It's true. Uh, yep. Seriously, every single one. This fucking movie, Jesus. Uh, Mariah Carey, Brooke Shields, Hal Holbrook, Ed Asner, Artie Lang. Jesus. Artie Lang. <laughs> what is this cast? <laughs> Renee Selwiger and Chris O'Donnell in The Bachelor. As you know, I'm executor of your grandfather's will. He videotaped it a few years back. I hereby bequeath to my grandson a hundred million dollars. The conditions are that he gets married before his 30th birthday. Your birthday? It's soon, right? It's tomorrow. If you don't get married, you're cut off without a cent. Jesus Christ. Wow. And this is the last time Chris O'Donnell would star in a movie. Yeah, um, Chris O'Donnell. That wasn't a Hallmark. Uh, the last time I saw him, he had like a multi-episode arc on Grey's Anatomy like <laughs> 10 years ago. He's not on NCIS no, LA? No, NCIS with uh, Al Cooley. Okay. Well, then yeah, he's that got a solid regular gig. That escaped me. So, yeah. You didn't watch this, did you? No, okay, good. I didn't. But I met some people who worked on it because it is shot in San Francisco. <laughs> oh, okay. And as I mentioned before, when we talked about Nash Bridges briefly, this is when I worked at the SF Film Commission for the summer. Ooh. 
So I did meet some people while they were filming this, and they were very nice. Oh, that's cool. Did you meet Mariah Carey hanging out with Hal Holbrook and Artie Lang? Yeah, that would have been great. I wish. <laughs> that would have been great. I think this was Mariah Carey's like screen debut, and that was part of the reason I remember this being a big deal. Yeah. It's pre-glitter. Yeah. Pre-glitter. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got a day to get married, and he has a long-term girlfriend in Renee Zellweger, but he asks her like an asshole. And so... She says no, and now he's got to go run around trying to find someone to marry him, and then women start chasing him, and it's wackity smackity. It's one of those, but it's kind of also an idiot plot in that, like, you had the girlfriend. Why didn't you just explain the situation to her instead of, like, mm-hmm. being an idiot? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, is this the only Chris O'Donnell movie that's a remake of a Buster Keaton movie? I think it is. <laughs> is it? What about Batman and Robin? He might be right. Uh, parts of that, you're right. Yeah. Only the Riddler parts. Not the two face parts. Uh, no, this is actually. I mean, this is a good idea when you're doing remakes. Is take something that's like a good idea and but obscure mm-hmm. and remake it. So remake a Seven Chances with Buster Keaton, where it's the same setup. He's got like a he, he's got a, a deadline. He's got to go get married, or else you know a bad thing happens. And the end sequence where he's like he's being chased by a ton of women is so fucking terrifying yes. because it's Buster Keaton. So he's doing these crazy ass stunts, like throwing himself down a really steep Ooh. cliff mm-hmm. and getting chased by these gigantic boulders that, I mean, they're paper mache, but they still probably 30, 40 pounds. It could still break something. No. I should check if it's on YouTube. You could just watch that and There's not a, bother with this movie. I showed a bunch of, after I saw the documentary, uh, the great Buster, I showed you guys some mm-hmm. best of clips. Yeah. And, you, and I love it. It's astounding. Just saying to connect it to the, the younger folks out there, like Johnny Knoxville features prominently in the documentary just because like you, yeah. can, you can see him get hurt on Jackass trying to recreate Buster Keaton stunts and failing, whereas yep. somehow Buster like immaculately pulled these off while breaking his neck and continuing to work for five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Oh, cool. All of Second Chances – or sorry, Second Chances. All of Seven Chances is on YouTube. It's only an hour 15, dude. Bird, love me some Buster Keaton. And you can just skip to the end. It is crazy. He's just jumping over cliffs. It's just – you're like, why? Why are you doing this for my entertainment, Buster? <laughs> Please don't hurt yourself, Buster. And this, in the next movie, I just... Chris O'Donnell doesn't do any stunts. <laughs> I'm so excited to say I ignored it for a long time. It's like, this looks boring. Uh, I was so wrong. It is fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I, I can't... Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really hard for yeah. me to explain why. It's not the type of movie you'll see made anymore. Nope, I, no, I think, not much. Uh, a manic- well, sort of. I feel like the turnaround on real events and making a movie out of them has got really tight. Mm-hmm. Like, I just saw the trailer for Bombshell, which is about shit that happened, like, two years ago. Oh, is it? Another Fire Festival movie? No. That'd be pretty funny. No, it's about, uh, like, Gretchen Carlson and Roger Ailes and all them. Well, just, all those assholes. Oh, right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. That's not... That's... Russell Crowe is the only Roger Ailes in my heart. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's seriously a fucking hilarious show on Showtime, but uh, he, this is the first time he uh, he broke old. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Played a played a much schlubbier character than Russell oh, Crowe yeah. was in 1999. This is oh, like yeah. before before Gladiator. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And in uh, Al Pacino, uh, Christopher Plummer, Phil Baker Hall in The Insider. You manipulated me into this. I fought for you, and I still fight. The Insider is the best film of the year. He's only the key witness in the biggest public health reform issue in U.S. history. It will pin you to your seat. One of the most breathlessly entertaining pictures of the year. Al Pacino, Russell Crowe. It's valid and true and proven. That's not the point whether you call it truth or not. The Insider, a Michael Mann film. Yeah, really wow. good. Michael Mann. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. totally did. That just, 
escaped me. Yeah, I guess it's a little, it's a quieter Michael Mann movie. But you can still see yeah. it's yeah. a Michael Mann movie. Yeah, it moves sure. viciously. Oh, but yeah. like, Jesus Christ, has there ever been a better time for a movie about a whistleblower? Right. And Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. This is, that's a good point. This is a good time to rewatch this. If you, if you haven't seen it in 20 years and if you've never seen it, it is worth it. I mean, obviously, they compress time and characters because otherwise it seems like Al Pacino's character is like the only journalist in the world. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's based on a true story. Uh, where Russell Crowe plays Jeffrey Wigand, who was a tobacco executive who blew the whistle on Ziprone and Tolan were putting extra chemicals into cigarettes to get people more addicted and stuff. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Plummer plays Mike Wallace, and Al Pacino plays his 60 Minutes producer. And it's really good because it's both a journalism movie and like a spy thriller. Yep. Yep. Because yeah. uh, these people and are everybody like. Everybody is so good. I don't think they make direct threats in his life, but they leave, like, bullets in his mailbox. I mean, that's as pretty yeah. direct as you can get, and, if you ask me. And I, there was an article I read. Wow, we have a bunch of people uh, throwing the whistleblower nobody knows about under the bus. Uh, the life of a whistleblower fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. It is not glamorous, mm-hmm. and usually people have to give up a lot yep. to be that person, see Snowden Manning. Yeah. Uh, if, mm-hmm. if, but, yeah, the... This guy's life was ruined by doing the right thing, and it continued to haunt him. And it's this movie is fantastic. I can't mm-hmm. recommend it enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, especially over the next one. <laughs> yeah, well, and also, I mean, yeah. Pacino is doing his the the perfect Pacino that I like. He mm-hmm. does a little yelling, mm-hmm. but it's not well, devil's it's not advocate scary. yelling. It's, it's, it's just insom- it's, it's insomnia yelling. Yeah. Another yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which I love that movie too, but yeah, yeah. it's spaced out. Mm-hmm. Like he uses it's it's in the it's in the paint box, mm-hmm. but it, mm-hmm. he uses it sparingly exactly. when it's needed. Oh yeah, yeah, and he, that he <laughs> Sam was we were watching it recently just because I wanted to rewatch it in preparation, and I did not make the connection that the character that Al Pacino plays that reporter went on to do a bunch of frontline stuff that Sam and I have watched. Oh really? Yeah, mm-hmm. so he's uh, he's a big deal. He's a very good reporter. Yep. I um, love Frontline. Yeah. So. yeah, it's really good. I like anything with Mike Wallace, about Mike Wallace. Uh, there was just a documentary out that I was so happy. If you're going to make a documentary about Mike Wallace, mm-hmm. journalist for a million years ago, mm-hmm. kids, he was a journalist like till his, he was like 90. He's Chris uh, Wallace's dad, the guy on Fox News who likes to ask tough questions. Yeah, it was the oldest joke for the longest time of like what what four words will scare the shit out of any businessman. Mike Wallace is here. Oh, wow. And that's the title of the documentary. Mike Wallace is here. That that's cracks cool. me up. I love that. Well, yeah. I only know about like, it. Mike Wallace shows up at your place of business, it means either he's going to interview you and you're going to look like an asshole or you're going to run away and look like an asshole. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I only know about it because Chris Wallace was on Colbert promoting the movie. So I think he, uh, he, oh. uh, he's, he's somehow involved in it. Hmm. Um, and okay. I'm not trying to defend that guy. But he is, the, he is the guy when you see a Fox News clip like, damn, they yeah. asked him that bluntly. Also, this movie has uh, Michael Gambon in it, Dumbledore. Yes. Yeah. Doing a terrible Southern accent. <laughs> Very bad. That is my only bad thing uh, I have to say about this movie. Well, yep. uh, I got a yep. lot of... I think this is I th- this is probably the winner out of all the movies that we're talking about. Well, maybe. maybe there one. might be one more. Uh, tied yeah. with one more in the next segment. Yeah, but it's sort of like forgotten, unless you're yeah. talking about like a Russell Crowe retrospective of this being the moment we all realize, oh shit, he can act. Because mm-hmm. he got a he got an Oscar nomination for this, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, was this a Best Picture nomination too? I, I don't remember. I just remember it, it might have been. Mm. 
Yeah, it's. I mean, it was. It made a ton of ten. You know, ten best films of the year list, yeah. mm-hmm. which is something in '99. All the movies we've talked about. Oh yeah. Yeah, for real. Uh, and I, yes, you're right because it, it it it's the kind of movie that got lost in the midst of all these other movies breaking new ground and, uh-huh. and like having a new voice, which is mm-hmm. we were just surrounded with. Here's a kind of older typey movie, but that's still yeah. important nonetheless. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sort of like kind of like a 70s paranoid thriller. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of, sort of, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I like it a lot. So, I don't yeah. like this next movie at all. Me neither. Someone else talk about The Bone Collector. The Bone uh, Collector. The Bone Collector with Luis Guzman, Michael Rooker. Uh, Queen Latifah, speak of the Woo. Dana Elaine Owens, uh, <laughs> Angelina Jolie, and Denzel Washington. It's not board of the box office. Enjoy your bones. For 15 years, he was New York City's leading forensic cop. But Detective Lincoln Rhyme had given up on life. Night to age six. Until a killer with no mercy. You heard about that couple that got in a taxi, never made it home? Get this car! He's dead! Found him dead, buried, hands sticking out of the ground with his wife's diamond wedding band shoved on one of his fingers. And a patrol officer. There's been a homicide. I can't let you through. We got Officer Donahue here to thank for photographing the crucial evidence. Gave him a reason to live. (laughs) I just have to say... Angelina Jolie in a beat cop uniform looks yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. She is, at this point, the most beautiful woman in the world. It's so <laughs> bulky on her. It looks like it's all one piece that's like a tearaway. Yes. You know? Yeah, and it looks like her lips are about to fly back and cover up the hat. Like, it's just, it looks absurd. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yes. I don't know why I thought this was uh, James Patterson related to, like, kiss the girls and stuff. Along came a spider. Yeah, because, well, it's not. I mean, it's a different series where Denzel Washington is a... A genius CSI guy, but he had an accident, and so now he's paralyzed, and so he needs Angelina Jolie to, like, be my eyes at the crime scenes mm-hmm. and figure shit out. And, oh, he's leaving clues, and blah, 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 blah. Shockingly, it's not Michael Rooker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just spoiling that for everyone right now. Okay. It turns out it was not Michael Rooker. Was it Denzel faking his quadriplegia? Ooh. That'd be fun. That would have been pretty sneaky. No, it's some guy. Yeah, just some guy. Yeah. Well, it's, I'll just spoil the whole thing. It turns out it's Leland Orser, who's a total hey, it's that guy. Ah. So if you saw him pop up earlier in the movie, you might notice him. But he's not as big a hey, it's that guy as Michael Rooker or like Louise Guzman or whatever. This um, looks really boring. <laughs> it looks really contrived and silly and um, justifiably forgotten. Not a fan. Okay. Say buoyed yeah. by Denzel, I would say. And maybe Angelina Jolie. And uh, moving to television of 1999, uh, I did see a minor factoid. Uh, Alan McBeal experienced its highest rated episode, Buried Pleasures, this week. Wow. uh, Because it featured an on-screen kiss between Lucy Liu and Callista Flack. Oh, right. Yes. Uh, And I looked it up and like, this wasn't even like the first lesbian kiss on the show it's it's not a first anything it's just like it was between two characters that were frenemies Mm -hmm. and hated one another Mm -hmm. so it but they promoted the shit out of it and it sweeps and there you go it worked it worked uh and das boob uh will and grace the das boob episode this one (laughs) if you've seen 
Will and Grace, this is like mm-hmm. one of the most iconic scenes where Grace is notoriously small chested and gets a water bra and then goes <gasps> yes. to an art opening and things go awry. <laughs> and it's just such a good little bit of physical physical comedy that I just had to pull it. There's a little bit of dialogue, but uh, you just have to see it to believe it. It's pretty great. Oh my gosh. His art is amazing. Look at that. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Will, what are you doing? I think you've sprung a leak. What are you talking about? It is. It, it <laughs> it's is. pretty great. She. Uh, she I gets, mean, just the, it's. This is a real practical effect that she's squirting yes. water out of her tits like like twenty feet. <laughs> that's the thing too. Is that if you've ever seen one of those water bras, like the amount of water that's actually in there is like maybe a third of a cup, and she is squirting gallons of water. <laughs> so she must have some. I would love to see like the tubing harness, whatever that they put her in to have that much water come out. Gotta be hidden behind her back. It's pretty crazy. Wearing a tight sweater. But yeah, um, and at the end, it's she's trying to date the artist, and at the end, he blows her off, and she ruins all of his paintings with her squirting boobs. It's pretty cute. She starts doing it really aggressively. If I remember, just like it's great. Yeah, it's just a very (laughs) iconic. Very iconic uh, clip from the show. <laughs> Did I see that show is ending again? I think so. Yeah. 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 I was. Can you cancel a show like that? That was already over. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Ask Ask Murphy Brown, I guess. And also on uh, NBC this week, SNL with Dermot uh, Dylan McDermott, not Dermot. <laughs> not Dermot. Yes, uh, and the Foo Fighters musical guest, the Foo Fighters. On the seventh, the wonderful world of Disney presents. So we've got dueling. What the fuck? We've got dueling star-packed TV movies tonight on the seventh. <gasps> mm-hmm. We've got the wonderful S. world world of Disney presents Annie, starring Alicia Morton, Victor Garber, Audra McDonald, Alan Cumming, and Kathleen Bates. Then we Dang. also have on NBC Sunday night movie The Magical Legend of the Leprechauns, sta- starring terrible. Randy Quaid, Colmini, Kieran Culkin, Roger Daltrey. Carolyn Carver and Whoopi Goldberg. So I pulled Whoa. a promo uh-huh. from each one. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, they both look equally horrible. So which one do we pick? Okay. Which one would you pick to watch? Uh, Let's watch the Annie promo first. Annie, Disney's Annie. When you're the richest man in the world, you can change anything. But only one thing can change you. Who are you? I'm Annie. A little girl with hope in her smile. With two of a kind. And a big heart that will open yours. I love you very much, Annie. And I love you, Daddy Warbucks. From the producers who brought you Cinderella comes a brand new Annie on the wonderful world of Disney. <laughs> so, some problems was here. Was Meanie Daddy Warbucks? No, that was Victor nah. Garber. Oh, okay. Cole Meaning is in the... The Leprechaun Show, speaking, speaking of comic strip adaptations, boom, mm-hmm. Annie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, really some terrible stuff in this one. She does not have curly hair. It's just red mm-hmm. hair. And Victor Garber, as a bald man, 
I am not a fan <laughs> of, I have to say. Mm. I do not enjoy a, a fully bald uh, head on Victor Garber. No thanks. But oh, it does have Kathy Bates as Miss Hannigan, mm-hmm. which if she goes over the top enough would be great. Mm-hmm. But I could see her not. Yeah. She's being respectable. Damn it. Oh, goodness. The magical legend of the leprechauns. All right. I want to hear. This is a multi-night. The... Oh, also it's directed one. by uh, Rob Marshall, who directed Chicago. Oh, so many so it has like people's yeah. pedigree even. Yeah. I don't know. One of these movies always have to have either Alan Cumming or Whoopi Goldberg in them. Like every time. <laughs> yeah. Once upon a time, the real advantage of being invisible. In a land where dreams come true, a forbidden love burned brightly. Come away with me. Where's my daughter? And sparked an epic battle. This November, the world will see and believe the legend of the leprechauns. This looks terrible. So bad. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Looks bad. It looks really bad. Oh, my God. I don't know what to do. I have to pick one of these? So, uh, for me, personally, I have to give the edge to Annie because it's got Alan Cumming in it. So, I'm always going to yep. pick Alan Cumming, to be honest. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I still haven't seen Black um. Annie. Just kidding. <laughs> made a joke on an old podcast why... Uh, People shouldn't call it that, even though they did the entire time I was back in Florida for Christmas. It's true. No, people should not be calling it that. Just, just call it Annie. Just call it Annie. I don't know, but the stupid, the magical whatever of the leprechauns does have Roger Daltrey as a fairy king. The... Yeah, yeah. It's a real mm. selfish choice you've got going on. Yeah, here. it's like, but it's like straight to YouTube special effects in like PAL Vaseline lens. Yeah. It looks ugh, washed out and dull. Yep. It, lo- it looks like a it looks like a bad wigs, episode of the storyteller. The wigs are very bad, <laughs> uh, very bad. Fuck, I don't. I, do I have to choose one of these? Yes, pick All right. one. All right, I want to watch the Annie. Okay, good. Because like I speak, we were talking earlier about like vague ass kid memories. I watched Annie probably every weekend oh, for like I the first so much like seven years yeah. of my life because yeah. we rented it all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't seen it since then. I have some vague recollections. Who was that, Daddy Warbucks? Was it Albert Neil Finney? Brenner? Albert Finney. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, so I think I know what character Diane is talking about uh-huh. because I saw it dozens of times, but just not in thirty years. Mm. I have not seen the movie yeah. in thirty years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Talking uh, about Carol Burnett. Yes, the Carol Burnett one. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. I, pretending like I know. I yes. do, I don't know if I remember okay. or not. I really don't. Uh, and that is about it for the TV. Single video game I could find that came out in early November, Asheron's Call. <laughs> I don't know mm-hmm. anything about Asheron's Call. I just wanted to give it a shout out because I know people who might care, especially people who were watching GeForce Portal at the time, who clearly weren't able to cooperate with Blizzard because they were constantly covering Asheron's Call and not the, <laughs> not the uh, MMORPGs everyone else was playing. Uh, and we will take us out of this segment with Sleep Now in the Fire, which is... Which one has the more depressing? There's a really depressing video, I think, for the because someone is holding up like Donald Trump for president 2020, like in the video. And like, yeah, Rage made an example of how stupid that was. Yikes! <laughs> so long ago, uh, 20 years ago. Anyway, we'll close out with a little bit of Rage. We'll come back with a little bit of inspiration. Stay right there. <laughs>
Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for the Classic Corner. We look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of November 1st through the 7th, we have a pretty timely pick. Uh, I recommended this on election night in 2016, and I am going to recommend it now. Coming out 70 years ago this week in 1949, is that your Best Picture winner, All the King's Men, uh, based on the Robert Penn Warren novel. This could not be more timely if it were called... It's November 2019, everybody. It is a is kind of inspired by uh, Huey Long, who's a populist politician in Louisiana back in the day. And it's about a guy who runs for office as, you know, sort of this going into politics to really care about the little guy. And, and he's going to be the voice for the popular people and all the white rural guys who just, you know, no one's fighting for them. And he becomes so deeply corrupted over this course of this that you start to think maybe he wasn't for the little guy the whole time. Maybe this is a con job and maybe this guy has no real soul. Or maybe he lost it. Is this what politics does to people? Or is this the kind of person who gets involved in politics? Someone who's a demagogue, who likes the sound of his own voice and likes to tell people what to do and becomes addicted to power. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the more things change, the more they stay the same. But it is, for a movie from 1949 that's about politics, you think, oh, geez, this is going to be so dumb. But it moves at a good pace. Acting is really good. Uh, Roger Crawford is the lead. Really powerful performance. Um, And deeply watchable. And yeah, you do end up with the impression of, oh my god, we never learn. We never fucking learn from the past. We see these guys every day, even in the White House. Well, All the King's Men, the 1949 version, I've never seen the Sean Penn version. I've heard it's terrible. So go with the 49 version. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. But when I become a star, we'll be living so large. I'll do anything for you. So tell me, girl. What you say? Oh, that you only Coming with What You Say by uh, Jason Derulo. Uh, it's number one on the Billboard charts? I don't know. Where yep. do we cl- yeah. Uh, welcome to 2009, everyone. We also have some new music from uh, Julian Casablanca's uh, Phrases for the Young. Uh, Night is the New Day by uh, Catatonia. In Love and War by Emery. Uh, Play On by Carrie Underwood. Self-titled. By album by Say Anything, Let It Beat by Swayze, am I saying that right? War, War, World Painted Blood by Slayer, Ratitude by Weezer, and a Christmas album from Andrea Bocelli. Mm. Yeah. I cannot get excited. Uh, but, you know what I can get excited for? Good old World Series! I don't care. But, uh, but November 1st through the 7th in 2009... <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, the Yankees beat them fucking Phillies. Yeah, that's the that's no. the that's the outcome Ooh. everyone wanted. Uh, <laughs> I am gonna whip my D batteries at you I was for that. Say, get your batteries out. Yeah, I'm not an asshole. I don't root for the Yankees. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Man, I'm gonna go to Geno's and get some steaks because I hate Geno's. I'm gonna throw those steaks because I hate Geno's and the Yankees. Starving <laughs> over here, uh, and I I don't remember what is the Fort Hood shooting that occurred on the fifth of November. Oh dear! Remember yeah, the, the Fort Hood shooting um, is 
probably the world's greatest argument against good guy with a gun because this is uh, an army officer going on a shooting spree on uh, an army base. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's not, it's not, it's not good. 14 people died. Uh, the shooter was uh, a psychiatrist named Nidal Hassan, who was an army major who had a lot of problems and had been, the army had been saying for a long time, like, this guy's not really good at this and he's failing all this stuff and every it's not doing a good job and then on top of that he started getting super radicalized into far-right islam and decided to go shooting his fellow soldiers and uh he shot 14 well 13 and one of them was pregnant uh injuring 33 more and then uh then they they shot him and he is now awaiting his death sentence wow now I got an intro a Jared Leto movie? <laughs> well, it's yes. a weird Jared Leto movie. Okay. But, uh, yeah, next time someone says the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. You had an army base full of good guys mm-hmm. with guns. Yep. Yeah, it turns out it happens very fast. Yeah. It happens very fast. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I feel and the same. You know what's even worse is I just wanted to, like, wait. So I wanted to make sure he hasn't been put to death yet. He was just found guilty and all that. And I start in Wikipedia, Fort Hood shooting and it asked me which one I meant. Wow. <sighs> the other one wasn't as bad. And it was just nearby. <laughs> sure. Yikes. I am angry small, It's all about small blessings. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, movies of 2009. November 1st, the 7th. Mr. Nobody. Jared Leto, Sarah Pauly, Diane Kruger. Diana, do we care? Uh, well, it sounds really, really weird. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people like it. Like, I think it was in Cannes, Out of Competition, where it's in the far future where everybody can't die. They've, like, discovered the secret to immortality, except for Jared Leto. Mm. And so they're, like, studying his life and trying to learn about stuff. And it's, like, told out of order. And, okay, fun sci-fi premise. Interesting. Um, I also like him on, uh, I lost the name of the DC show, but it's on their streaming service. and. He's played by Alan Tudyk, Mr. Nobody. Uh, the oh. fourth kind, uh, by starring Mila Jovovich and Eliza Cotez. <laughs> yeah, Cotez. Oh, aliens be abducting people. Oh, no. I heard it, this was very, very scary. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, would just, I remember reading the reviews and, and people being like, this is extremely frightening. I, I, which I'm usually not... I don't find aliens to be that scary, so there are, I'm just perplexed. There are few marriages I want to destroy more than uh, Mila Jovovich and Paul W.S. <laughs> Anderson because mm. she's locked into every <laughs> shitty movie he makes, and every time she tr- did she you make ma- this one, I don't know, I don't think so. Okay. But that's I try and like see the stuff that she, the, the movies that she's in that aren't his because he is. Fuck this, Michael Bay. Michael Bay is not the worst director. Mm-hmm. He is mm-hmm. <laughs> that mm-hmm. that guy is, uh, and. And uh, also out this week, a movie I sure we all meant to see. I'm pretty sure I saw this actually. <laughs> oh, did you? I, yeah. That big a Donnie Darko fan? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> no, so who, not really. Who made Donnie Darko? What's his name? I totally blanked. Richard Kelly. Now. Richard Kelly. Uh, it's kind of the last movie he got to make with Frank Langella, James Marston, and Cameron Diaz. The Box. The Box. I've been offered to make a financial opportunity. You push the button. We get a million dollars. Somewhere in the world, someone will die. What do things they know? There are always consequences. What do we want to do, Norma? We don't want trouble. I'm sorry, Mrs. Lewis. The button has been pushed. 
the box. Rated PG-13, November 6th. Mm. Yeah, I definitely uh, saw this, and I definitely don't remember anything about it. Uh, <laughs> based on a Ray yeah. Bradbury story, maybe? It's based on, I want to say Richard Matheson, actually. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But Matheson. he is legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember reading this short story, and I also, this was adapted to... Uh, the Twilight Zone when there was the there was an 80s version of the Twilight Zone mm-hmm. and the short story is nice and simple and it should be a half an hour mm-hmm. where this box shows up and if you push the button you get a million dollars but someone you don't know is going to die and then they just argue about the morality of all that and finally uh, the couple pushes the button and the guy shows up with the money and says I'm taking the box away and I'm giving it to someone you don't even know <laughs> implication being now they're going to fucking pay for their greed yeah. They're going to die next. The end. Mm. Instead of this gets stretched out, there's like supernatural elements going on and, and they just make... Uh, just, uh, I can't. I can't. Like they're, It's all fated to happen. I can live with fated to happen, but when it gets to start like spooky and supernatural, it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, come on, man. Yeah, that's you right. took a simple spooky concept and you made it dumb. Because at the end, it was... Yeah, it definitely tied up in a way that was like, oh, there's no other way that this could have... I'm, I'm starting to remember more of it now. Did they ever explain why Frank Langella's character, though, was missing half of his face? Because he played Skeletor. Aha! Hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's... I, like, I forget what we were doing on a podcast, but uh, Diana's husband was like... Why is Frank Langell awesome? It's like because he played Dracula, Nixon, and Skeletor. I'm like, like <laughs> that's pretty that, cool. That, yeah. History's greatest monsters. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's yeah. amazing. Um, and uh, then uh, yeah, it, fuck that movie. I I can't. I can't with Richard Kelly in general. Donnie Darko is fine. Southland Tales. Oh boy. Oh my god. Oh boy. What a fucking mess that is. You'd watch like Second Sight 18... if you want to see a better John Larroquette movie. Mm. <laughs> yes. And uh, speaking of it is. almost great... Yes. Uh, yep, that's movie. a great way to describe this. Yes, it's based on a book. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jeff Bridges, Kevin Spacey, George Clooney, Ewan McGregor, The Men Who Stare at Goats. My name is Bob Wilton. I'm a journalist inspired by the unbelievable true story. You were a psychic spy. A Jedi warrior. Of the government's most secretive program. I've been reactivated. What are you doing? Cloud bursting. And it's gone. (laughs) Lynn's story was unbelievable and completely true. We must create warrior monks who can see into the future. Sorry it doesn't work out between you two. The men who stare at goats who fight with our mind. Are I'm shocked. If this is more of a success, I feel like this would have been a pretty good TV show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's based, yeah. based on a real thing. Mm-hmm. The government, what, just researching any kind of thing it can use as a weapon, including mm-hmm. telepathy and psychic powers, but, like, really throwing millions of dollars behind it. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and having human test subjects. Apparently, it's a real thing. The Stare at Ghost thing is a, uh, what, mind-reading thing? That's what they're doing? Oh, no, they're trying yeah, to they're kill it. They're trying to mind. kill the ghost. That's yeah. telekinesis, Kyle. Mind bullets, mm-hmm. I see. <laughs> I see. I, I, again, this is like, like I, this movie had like waves for me. Like, this is great. Like, yeah. this is terrible. Yeah. Like, this is, yeah. that's pretty good. This it is was, awful. It, oh, man. Talk about wasted potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not Honestly. sure how that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a, a movie. Yeah, Jeff Ooh. Bridges as like a hippie drill sergeant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild. So all that was just great. And uh, so much of it was so bad. And it's also, it's bad because this movie almost killed George Clooney. Oh, it is? What happened? Yeah, he he injured himself, like, falling out of a chair or something, uh, where he, he, like, ruptured something in his neck. I thought neck. that was Syriana. 
Oh, you're right. It might be Syriana. Yeah, he, I knew it was. I knew it was a movie involving desert. Yeah, he. Um, <laughs> it was like an interrogation scene where he was right. um, tied to a chair and it fell back, and he tore the Dora in his brain, which is like what this protective um, membrane that mm. protects your brain. It's between the brain and the skull, and it protects it. And he tore it, and it was a very serious injury. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I remember him talking about that on NPR. And yeah. We, uh, he was talking about, like, he was seriously about to kill himself. Yeah. He was in so much agony. Yeah. We never would have got to see him in Hail Caesar. Uh, yeah. A movie by the yeah, Coen no, Brothers. This movie, uh, not good. It is weird, though, to have Ewan McGregor running around a movie where they say the words Jedi Knight like a thousand <laughs> times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and a movie I love dearly, but is like but. so painful to it. It becomes <laughs> it becomes funnier the more you watch it, but like you will like I, I think you'll be left pretty dumbfounded by the movie. A serious man. I have no idea what trailer this is because I remember the first trailer was like a. A micro mix mashup of sounds from the movie. It's, oh, it's yes. that. Yep. It's, and it's, oh, cool. it's awesome. Larry, we've received a number of letters denigrating you and uh, urging us not to grant you tenure. I need help. We're gonna be fine. I've tried to be a serious man. We're gonna be fine. Tried to do right, be a member of the community. We're gonna be fine. Please just tell him I need help. Please. We're gonna be fine. This this movie is I don't know it's like sort of perfect Coen Brothers mm-hmm. maybe maybe their yeah. their last really great one I don't know I mean it's tough like there's uh, I mean you really want to start a good fight and get people talking about Coen Brothers movies because mm-hmm. there's only a couple that are bad and even those have good stuff in them and people will defend them mm-hmm. uh, but there's also a lot of kinds of Coen Brothers movies and this and like Inside Lewin Davis are kind of similar I love in that, that movie. <laughs> they are character pieces in which not a lot happens. Mm-hmm. I would and say a ton happens. The, the, every I mean, way this happens, guy's life it, could it go feels... wrong, it goes wrong terribly. Yeah. A series of events that just gets worse and worse. And the only pe- person he can like even confide slightly in as he's trying to see rabbis and psychologists is the man who's having an affair with his wife. Mm. And, and, yeah. and the... He wants to be his best friend or his weird brother who's got like a cyst on his neck he has to vacuum out oh and is oh yeah. it's like it's the first time i saw that guy uh what's his name michael michael Stuhlberg. Stuhlberg. is that oh he's so good because I, I he had an interesting he had been like i think i heard him on mark Marin's show where he had been the voice of cbs and didn't bother auditioning for things for 20 years mm-hmm. then they fired him and like oh i have to start working as an actor again this is the first time i ever saw him and now i love him and everything he's in uh yeah. because the coen brothers are really great at finding people like mm-hmm. that out of like almost oh, out of nowhere yeah. And uh, I, I fucking really love this movie. It, it, and it is tough to watch because, like, there is no hope and no faith <laughs> and, and, and nothing good. It's just like, I don't know, like, when you see – it's one of those movies – well, a lot of Coen Brothers movies are much better the second time. Big Lebowski, yeah. for me, being chief among them. And the yeah. second time you see it and you know where it's going, it's like, oh, this is a wonderful downward spiral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very beautifully done. Uh, and, and the so it trailer... turns into a literal spiral of yes. a tornado in the distance. Yes, and then it just ends, and, and it... it just stops. And, <laughs> and and that's why I love the trailer so much because the trailer like is maddening, and so is the movie. It really mm. it really is frustrating to watch this this guy like being shit on by everybody, but there is a bit of comedy yeah. to it. There's a lot of comedy in it, and also it's not it's a constant shitting upon, but it's not 
I don't know. It's like it's it's in fits and starts where it's like it seems like things could he could pull this together. It's it's gonna work out, and then like no, no, no it's not. <laughs> but then the scene of his kids bar mitzvah, while his his son has just smoked a ton of weed and is super super high during his own bar mitzvah. Oh my god, I laugh so hard, and like nothing is happening. <laughs> but it's so fucking funny. Just that kid does a really good job. <laughs> just. Just trying to read the Torah. The Cohen brothers are, they talk they talk a little more about the movies they make now, and I I just thought it was nice that they made a movie that reflected their childhood because mm-hmm. they hadn't really yeah. done that before. Yeah. But it's from the era mm-hmm. they grew up in, from a Jewish community, like from a very Jewish community. Mm-hmm. Like I don't even know if there's one like that in whatever suburb this is anymore. Anywhere, yeah. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They're from Minnesota. Minnesota. Mm. Mm. Yep. Oh. Go into like the Jewish school with like the one bus. Mm-hmm. But yeah. real, real quick, I think when you were saying Michael Stahlberg was the voice of CBS, I think you're thinking of Fred Malamed. Probably. Yes. <laughs> it's, he was I mean, the voice the of CBS for yeah. many years mm-hmm. and then just started acting again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's neat. He's the guy from Inner World. And uh, yeah, he's oh, so and, great. Um, and Lady Dynamite. Oh, and Lady, Lady Dynamite. Dynamite. Yes. So fucking so funny good. Lady Dynamite. Oh, oh my God. God. When so he shatters that glass cock table. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> and now for the yet another like let's let's call this another uh bone collector moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah first like, oh yes. serious man yeah like, this and insider are clearly the recommends i think this week mm-hmm. and yeah a serious man is one of those coen brothers movies that i would say watch it again yeah watch it again if it you think feels you like it. nothing is happening mm-hmm. but if you know that it's not gonna end in some like big amazing thing then you can kind of just soak it in a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Same way, it's the same way Big Lebowski ends. When you know it doesn't do that, you can just enjoy the yep. the moments, and it's, yeah. it's it's wonderful. Yeah, it takes and, those kinds of viewings for me with the Coen Brothers for sure. And yeah. I, I know there are people out there who consider this a modern, the next movie, a modern classic. That's number one at the box really? office, and those people are wrong and dumb. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you're not going to find a better animation, a bigger animation fan, and a bigger fan of Robert Zemeckis. Right. But I cannot forgive a Christmas Carol. It's not good. <laughs> it's not. It's and it's ob- honestly frightening. Yeah. Well, it, not not as <laughs> the Polar Express. Oh uh, yeah. It's like a crime against also God. Very frightening. In it, but a, a Christmas Carol. I I love Christmas specials. Also wrote a Christmas blog, and at one point I'm like, no more Christmas Carol parodies. Why does everybody do this? Mm-hmm. We know this story. You're never ever gonna do it any better. Yeah. The Muppets did it. Stop it. We have Scrooge and the Muppets. That's all we Stop need. Stop it. You don't need to do yeah. it again. And the only reason they chose to do it again, I think, because Disney didn't have one, and they were in in cahoots with uh, Zemeckis's foolhardy motion capture animation outfit. Remember the movies Mars Needs Moms? That sort of created the whole mm. deal. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is this is part of that period. Christmas Carol, Jim Carrey, Gary Oldman, Bob Hoskins, Robin Wright, Pan Carey as Colin Firth, and Leslie Manville. From Walt Disney Pictures and the director of Forrest Gump and the Polar Express. That's it! What do you want with me? You will be haunted by three spirits. I'd rather not. Comes the classic tale like you've never seen it before. Haunt me! Digital 3D and IMAX 3D. Jim Carrey is Scrooge. Ah, um, bug. Disney's Christmas Carol. I like a 
a Christmas Carol, but you know what I don't like about it? It's not long enough. <laughs> what a longer version of the Christmas Carol. <laughs> oh my God, it is so long. <laughs> like, yeah, the, the best one is Mickey's Christmas Carol, period. It's half mm. an hour. It's mm-hmm. fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it, it covers every beat you need. And Scrooge is pretty great. But uh, I, <laughs> I don't care for this at all. I don't. The animation isn't as. It doesn't have that uncanny valley quality, like as much of one. It's not as bad, but it's still it's, not good. I don't, but I, like I don't remember. Like, look at Polar Express now. You probably don't remember it looking as bad as it does today. Yeah, yeah. and that might happen with this too. And but I don't know. I, I I I'm very negative about this stuff. I'm also very negative. You don't promote her fucking animated movie from the director of Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? And fucking yeah. Death Becomes Her. It's there's still time to watch that movie. Yes, it's a great effects Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. God damn it, I love Robert Zemeckis. Well, and when you have a movie like this where the motion capture and the animation is it's supposed to look so real, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, why are we doing this, y'all? Yeah. Why don't you just make it with yeah. the real people then, if yeah. that's what we're doing? You think other movies haven't made a Victorian village before? Yeah. Like it's this is this is possible to build on a stage. Right. And probably uh, cheaper. Yeah, probably cheaper. Yeah, yeah. No, instead it, we have to have everyone. Ugh, the skin textures are just yes. weird. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, I just can't. I didn't even bother with this. I, I, I just won't. No. Me neither. Me neither. Nope. Uh, I, I wish I would have bothered more with this because I think it was going. I'm not going to be able to pronounce this woman's name, and I love her. Yeah, Marina uh, for TV, 2009, November 1st to 7th. V premieres, and uh, the big V mm-hmm. is, is uh, Marina. <laughs> Bakarin? 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 Mm-hmm. Anara from Firefly. Yes. Brody's uh, wife from Homeland. I don't know that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Elizabeth Mitchell, Juliet from Lost, another beautiful lady who looked like a girl I was dating at around this time, mm-hmm. and Morris Chestnut. Uh, yeah. v, the remake of the, once again, Robert England, mm-hmm. lizard uh, alien people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I watched this when it first aired, mm-hmm. and I remember really liking it. And it just... I don't know. It just, I don't know. It's one of those shows where I kind of felt like, I don't know why this didn't hit, honestly. I thought it was pretty great. I think I mean, people were having a, lost fatigue and I they were trying to market it itself as lost. Like, yeah, no, this already existed. Right. That's probably true. This already existed and it, it got canceled, but then it had all these follow up TV movies because mm-hmm. it was very beloved. And I thought Anara in particular was like quite haunting as this like weirdo short-haired alien beautiful yeah. alien creature mm-hmm. yeah and uh i, I but i didn't follow the show much either and it's political it's an alien invasion thing but it's also a political mm-hmm. issue as well and uh, yeah i was just disappointed to see it go so quickly i think it only got one season maybe mm-hmm. two but anyways i pulled the promo oh let me hear it i want to see it don't be frightened we mean no harm calm themselves the visitors dude that is so cool the world's in bad shape, Father. Who wouldn't welcome a savior right now? They healed me, and I got no pain. It's amazing. It's been three weeks since the visitor's arrival, yet thousands are still flocking to see the motherships in person. Welcome to the New York mothership. My name is Lisa. We're all so quick to jump on the bandwagon, but before we get on, let us at least examine it. Been printing fake docs, mm. But I do love alien stories like this. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a little bit of alienation. Mm-hmm. So I think they mm-hmm. cover up their true. They did in the old one. They yeah. were lizard people. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they tried to hide in plain sight, and people were like, "Nah, you're one of them lizard people. I don't trust mm-hmm. you." Uh, and and I, I forget. I don't remember how that series was old either. I just would watch it on the Sci Fi Channel. 
But uh, yeah, I always meant to catch up with B. This is a uh, episode I've seen a billion times. Yes, this is <laughs> again another Parks and Rec because they just have so many great side characters that I always want to highlight them. And this one, Ron and Tammy, where we get to meet yes. Tammy too, Tammy Ron's too. second wife named Tammy, uh, his ex-wife, mm-hmm. <laughs> played by Megan Mullally. Okay, so it's not the, her. Uh, other yeah, one. his uh, wife in real life, and every time yes, my mother they... is named Tammy. What of it? <laughs> <laughs> Every time they're on screen together, it is just oh, the chemistry. It's it, you can really I had no see idea, how idea attracted they, they are to each other, which I love. I had no idea they were yeah. married. Yeah. You can see more in, in any the- episode with any of the Tammies. Yep, is freaking gold. It's of just great. just like Ron Swanson just walking around all of a sudden going sniff sniff. She's near and she's running. Yeah, <laughs> and, and grabbing like, a bug out bag and running for the hills. Yeah, and I also love that she's a librarian. And Leslie hates the librarians yes. so much. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just so Libra- great. Librarians are apparently all crazy hookers. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have a little clip here. We didn't talk. We made love. Oh, my. Mm. Good. Oh, well, spare me the details. I'm just happy. It was so intense. I didn't know where my flesh stopped and hers began. You know what I mean? Yeah. Our marriage was always a complete disaster, but we did have that the two of us it's like doing peyote and sneezing slowly for six hours this seems like a private matter but I'm that so- woman really knows her way around a penis <laughs> <laughs> i know i wanted to find a clip of the two of them together but there's actually more of that when we get to ron and tammy two, two. part two which i think it'll be mm-hmm. in a year or two it's like almost impossible to have Either Nick Offerman and Megan, without Megan Mullally and vice versa, they mm-hmm. they tend to show up in tandem, including their comedy special, which is pretty good. And the title always makes me laugh: "Summer of '69, No Apostrophe." <laughs> <laughs> then, is is uh, this one with the montage where it's like, "Oh, we're just gonna get coffee"? Yes. And they start out for about ten seconds, they're nice to each other. Then they're screaming. Then there's making out. Then they're screaming again. <laughs> yep. And then it just follows them to a hotel where they are running into the hotel, yeah. tearing their clothing off. <laughs> they're like. Sexual Tasmanian there? devils and yeah. can't be within a few feet of one another. Uh, also, that I have not, uh, I can't, I don't think I've so seen this episode. Uh, on the seventh, SNL Taylor Swift with musical guest Taylor Swift. You have to say it differently. That's a right. part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know any, I don't know any sketches that she popularized. Yeah, um, I just. Um... Hmm. She pops up every now and then, but I don't really remember any. I've of seen her. She's popped up on anniversary specials yeah. and played parts in the Californians. I don't. If there was a famous sketch from it, I feel like I'd know it. So fuck you, Tay Tay, and all you Taylor fans. Yeah, come at me. I don't use Twitter oh, anymore. Don't um, do it. Don't, don't do it. Not really do it. I'm not invested enough. They're in, mean. I, I like Taylor Swift. I'm not invested enough in hating somebody I don't know anything about. Uh, games of 2009. We actually have a few more games here and big ones. And again, we'll talk about more about these games. Patreon.com slash later time once a month. We're going to try and get the Vigigame Apocalypse boys together and go in-depth on the stuff that came out every single month. But rabbits go home. Again, Michael can explain more of that considering he worked for the company. But, yeah, uh, considering there's figurines of it all over my damn house. Yeah, I know. He, he never, okay because I love him. I like ne- the little he rabbits. He never too. disliked the rabbits even before he worked there, and I know a lot of people did. A very weird fight occurring between Activision and Harmonix. 
it was Guitar Hero versus Rock Band, and then Rock Band promised they we're not going to release a product every year. Why we do that? Just download your music. And then Guitar Hero is like, we're going to release a product every two months. And so like, we're going to drown <laughs> you out if you don't release something. When we do, you will be drowned in, in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And so to fight them, Lego Rock Band emerges. Why? What? It is not bad, but it's exactly what it sounds like. It's hmm. just a Lego version, theme version of Rock Band. With new, it's just new songs. Okay. Essentially, use all your old instruments. Whereas Guitar Hero came out with Band Hero. We have drums too now. And, <laughs> and, and a microphone, which we didn't have before. We do now. Fuck you, Rock Band. Band Hero is out. So if you love $200 games that will eventually end up in a Goodwill 10 years later, hmm. Band Hero. And then We Cheer 2 is out. I only mentioned because we would have to take demos of that in our office and cheerleaders would show up. It was weird. And uh, Dragon <laughs> Age Origins uh, uh, is out this week and that's a big game for a bunch of people. Again, we'll talk more about that. Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Just uh, drop us five bucks and you get a bunch of exclusive shows. We do thank you very much. For that, uh, it supports LazerTime, um, which I believe has a spooky doll show up. Probably a new episode. I don't know. I'm behind in everything. Uh, we do have a bunch of cool bonus times talking about Trips to Iceland, bad dates, and uh, buddy Jeff talk about running a comic store and horror comics. If you're still in the Halloweeny mood, uh, love that Immortal Hulk, and <laughs> also Vigigame Apocalypse. If I didn't mention it enough, that comes out uh, every single week, every Friday. And uh, um, if you want to go real old school with your video games, Padukin is a new arcade show we put out with uh, my buddy Adam and his the co-owners of uh, Flipping Great Pinball, which is a local arcade here. And I just thought it would be fascinating to have a show about people who professionally restore arcade games and run a profitable arcade in 2019. Seems fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about fighting games right now, so check them out. Diana, where can people find you? They can find me on the Twitter at ListenAnerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show uh, on the Twitters at 302010podcast, 302010podcast. Yeah. And uh, with that, we got to learn who who died and who was born and who has died. Nobody. Nobody. Yay. Oh, wow. I couldn't find any famous deaths. Traffic must have been terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, that was that was the week I used a magic glass to catch death in a big sack. I love the storyteller reference. (laughs) (laughs) I love that episode. This is a sack. That is my favorite episode. It's so good. He beat the devil at poker. (laughs) Yep. Uh, and, and so I guess we gotta go to the birthdays! Who's born? Born this week! Oh, birthday is a doodly-doo, a ding-dong doodly-doodly-ding-dong-doo. Well, since we didn't have any deaths, it seems appropriate that we will have birthday buddies! We have two guys born, same day, same year, both turning 50, this November 4th. 50 years old. 50, okay. First up, born November 4th, 1969, in Uvalde, Texas. Nice. His parents married each other three times. <laughs> can't be legal. They got divorced, they got remarried. They got divorced, they got remarried. Expensive. Uh, it, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Why would you do that again? Yeah. Anyway, so are you just going for a record now? That's my theory. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, his first speaking role was in a TV ad for the Austin American Statesman newspaper, and his line was, how else am I going to keep up with my horns? <laughs> I mean, that is a good question. Okay, that's got to be a local team. Um, probably not a that's used the, instrument section. That's the University section. of Texas Longhorns. Ah, Longhorns. Yeah. How else am I going to keep up with my horns? Mm-hmm. That is a good question. We have talked about a whole pile of movies from this guy. 
Mm. Let's start with Lone Star Larger Than Life and the Newton Boys. The Newton Boys. I know that movie. Hold on. I can probably get this. Is it Skeet Ulrich? No. No. Vincent D'Onofrio. No. Good guess. Damn it. I thought mm. I knew all the Newton Boys. Not Matthew McConaughey? Is that a final answer? That is a final answer. It is Matthew McConaughey. Yes. All right, all right. I know wow. my, my Newton you boys. You do. You got you it before do. I got to Amistad or Tropic Thunder. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Fuck you, Sarah. All right, well. I get all the yeah. boys. Fuck me, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. Jeez. <laughs> Make right. a t-shirt. Well, Sarah, you have a chance for revenge to okay. even it up because right. his birthday buddy, born November 4th, 1969, turning 50, nice. this time in Harlem. His dad was in the Air Force and was an associate of Frank Lucas, who you might remember Denzel playing an American gangster. Mm-hmm. He was two when his dad was then murdered. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he interned at Uptown Records and worked as a party promoter. In 1991, he organized a fundraiser headlined by Heavy D that was oversold, and the ensuing stampede killed nine people. Jamie Foxx. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no, but decent guess. Decent guess. Keep going. Keep going. I feel like I know this. Okay. That sounds like a bad start, but now Forbes estimates he's the second richest man in hip-hop behind Jay-Z. Dr. Dre? No, he's probably the richest nope. guy. Um, huh. Well, All right. Keep going. It's not Kanye. No. Kanye's not 50. No, I didn't think so. All right. Well, he was fired from Uptown Records. He started his own label. Mm-hmm. Started mostly just producing, but then he released music of his own. Is it- his first single, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down, spent 26 weeks on the charts. Why can't... Uh, it's not Ladies Love, is it? No. Oh my god, I can't get this. All right. Since then, oh, it's, he's it's created not, a clothing line. It's not Sean Puffy Combs, is it? Uh, it is Sean it Puffy is. Combs. That was it. God damn it. <sighs> the Dizzle. Yeah. Uh, what are we calling him? <laughs> Just call me I don't, Sean. Just I don't call me know, Sean. but... I think my favorite thing, I like, I was fascinated to find out, like, his dad associated Frank Lucas and all that, and, oh, he's got his huge stake in Chirac Vodka and all these other business things. But then I just found this thing that was like, oh, this guy named Jimmy Henchman claims <laughs> that Puff Daddy uh, ordered the death of Tupac Shakur t- from him, that he's like the middleman for the murder of Tupac. Wow. Jimmy Henchman should be trusted when yeah. it comes to murder. Totally. Wow. <sighs> Jimmy Hinchman. Is that like is that the president's lawyer? Like it's a perfect name <laughs> for it. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's like one of the mobsters on The Simpsons, you yeah. know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jimmy Hinchman, you never guess Jimmy what I'm about to do. You know, Jimmy <laughs> Tight Lips. <laughs> All right, that about wraps up our show. Once again, we are supported by uh, many people like you at Patreon.com/slash LaserTime. We are almost entirely listener supported. We can't thank you guys enough for keeping us going for what looks to be a fifth year. Well, I yeah. don't. I, I don't know. Maybe we'll there. have to do a pledge drive like NPR and pretend we'll go off the air. Hmm. Uh, to get get folks interested. Elm Street Nightmares not enough. Uh, a bonus video game show is not enough. Over 100 movie commentaries are not enough, and more stuff coming soon. Again, thanks, people. Uh, I hate to have to plug this much, but we do need your help. This is how I eat. So let's close out with. Ladies First by uh, Queen Latifah featuring Moni Love. Um, yes, I managed to get Queen Latifah in every segment. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's astonishing. That's pretty great. That's astonishing. Yep. Also, next week, history is made. Ooh. It's going to be a big week. It's going to be a where were you kind of week. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, I see it already. Jack Lemon's dad. Oh, yes. I remember <laughs> yeah, where I was. Exactly. Sure Jack Lemon and Ted Danson in Dad. <laughs> and Macaulay Culkin. Uh, and all right. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I don't want to be here for this. Oh, it's so much. Oh, it's only the oh, first. Come movie? on, it's a happy week. It's it's a good thing that happened. 
I know, I know. Um, all right, thank you guys so much for but listening. It's a big one. So take us out, Dana. Uh, we'll see you next week. Something I won't do. Some think that we can't flow. Can't flow. Stereotypes, they got to go. Got to go. I'ma mess around and flip the scene into reverse. With what? With a little touch of ladies first.